Welcome to the Feeling 22 podcast. I'm your host, Erin, and each week, me and my co-host and roommate, Jocelyn, will be discussing a new topic niche to being in your early 20s. We'll share memories, thoughts, and ideas about each topic, and hopefully you'll get something out of it too. Without further ado, here's the episode. Okay, everybody, welcome back to a new episode of the Feeling 22 podcast. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. You can probably <laughs> you can probably tell already that the quality is much better. And that is because we got the technical difficulty figured out. So we will be recording it like this from now on. Yeah, our voice is so much more crisp and clear like a mcdonald's sprite and um to prove that to you guys we've decided to eat our dessert as we record this episode so it's kind of like asmr guys this dessert is see here we go isn't that just so clear it is 10 21 p.m we just made homemade pizookies little mini um, pizookies with some vanilla bean ice cream on top we almost burnt down our kitchen, and now we're snacking. Like, this is incredible. And for, bre- like, not breakfast, dinner, we had ratatouille, which is, like, 90% vegetables. So. Yeah, so we had just seen this, like, um, this segment on um, an Australian radio show about girl math. And we did we did the girl math. And for those of you that don't know, a pizuki is, like, a, a cookie that's the size of a mini pizza and then you put ice cream on top so in that we did girl math and because we had ratatouille that i that i made myself from She's scratch chef era. <laughs> yes i'm in my chef era confirmed um since i made that ratatouille from scratch and it contained a hundred percent vegetables Eating this pizookie that is potentially like 1,500 calories, just, it totally doesn't count. Like, they cancel each other out completely. And it's all about balance. It really is. Which, we did tell you guys that briefly in another episode, that it it really is just all about balance. Like, don't even worry about it. So that brings us to today's episode. Um, And today's episode is not about balance. It is about mental health. I mean, that's kind of about balance because you have to have balance in your like life for mental health. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Would you like me to make ocean noises while you finish biting your swallowing the pizookie? <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, like, I mean, if we're going to talk about balance, like I was just saying, even though the episode isn't even about balance, I mean, in order to focus on your mental health you need to realize what makes you happy you need to know yourself and not just following trends and doing what other people want you to do um and there's a lot of balance in that and also you know sometimes taking care of your mental health involves doing things that aren't so fun like you know cleaning your room but then whenever you're done it kind of is fun and you feel really good about it and you know balance so to start us out today guys i have a couple of things like obviously We start every episode now with song recommendations. I have chosen two that relate to the episode. One of them is one that I wanted to say last week and I didn't because I forgot right before we started recording. But the first song I'm going to recommend to you guys is Change Your Life. 
by Little Mix. And that one is very much mental health centered. It's kind of about like not liking what you see in the mirror, but then like changing your perspective a little bit. And then the other one is Anxiety by Julia Michaels featuring Selena Gomez. Um, And that one is like just kind of Julia coming out and just telling you exactly how her mental illness works. And I think it's really important to hear about people that have lives that we would deem successful coming online and telling you or coming over like a song or the internet or whatever and telling you that there's a lot of things that aren't so great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my song choice, I guess, I'm going to go with This Is Me Trying by Taylor Swift. I think, I mean, definitely whenever I was in school, I related to that song a whole lot. And I remember I would have like crying sessions in my car, just screaming that song out. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily amazing for my mental health. Obviously, music can definitely be something that helps you with your mental health and kind of helps you figure things out. And I think that helps me figure out that I put too much validation or too much worth in my like validation that I got academically specifically and you know sometimes like this is just like I'm doing my best and that's all I can do I knew you're gonna pick that one (laughs) I didn't know I was gonna pick that one when I was thinking about um this week's episode and knowing it was mental health I was kind of like this is me trying is a good choice as well. And then I was like, gonna do that one. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I guarantee that that'll be what Jocelyn says. Because I didn't think that you would have thought about it before we started. You totally just called me out. I literally, you, she said, as you guys know, we start the, the episodes talking about recommending favorite songs or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, we do in my head. And so I was like, okay, okay. Anxiety, mental health. This is me trying. I'm you called me out to a T. We know each other pretty well. And I don't mean that because we've known each other for two decades. I mean because we have the personalities, the Myers Briggs personalities that are the perfect match. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of know each other like the back of our hand in that respect. Um, but yeah. The other thing I like to do at the beginning of an episode is to give you guys like quotes or thoughts that are kind of like positive in some way and I actually have two one I found like randomly when I was scrolling on Instagram after I'd already planned what I was gonna bring so the one that I brought is one that I wrote at the beginning of my poetry writing course last semester and my assignment was basically just to write like a little tiny poem a little tiny blurb um that you would give to a stranger And by giving to, like, and giving to a stranger, we were supposed to put it, like, in a book at the library or something for somebody to find it randomly one day. But I really liked what I wrote, so I was like, I want to keep this, and instead of doing it that way, I want to make a poetry book up, sorry, I want to make a poetry book based on this assignment later in life. So this is kind of like something that would be an excerpt from that. So it's sometimes when it gets hard to breathe and the weight of one's responsibilities get heavy, soul-crushing. It's important to note that doing what you can, even if it's the bare minimum or less, is worth gold when it means you are still here, pushing forward, trying. I love that. I really, really love that. When did you write that? Like, January of this year. (laughs) Beautiful. Amazing. No, I think, kind of going back to what I was saying with the song, you know, 
as long as you're still here, as long as you're still doing your best and you're taking care of yourself and you're not hurting anyone and like you're working hard, as long as you're doing your best, like that's all you can do. And then, yeah, you're, you're still golden. I actually do have a quote. I actually did remember this part. Um, so my quote is the day came when she realized that staying in the bulb hurt more than blooming. And that might not be it verbatim, but you get the point of it. And it's just that the day came whenever it's whenever you suddenly realize that not taking that leap of faith, because it's terrifying. Obviously, it's terrifying to take a leap of faith, to go into the unknown. That just made me think of Frozen, too. But um, it, it's scary. But the day came whenever it hurt more to keep yourself contained in that shell that you had outgrown and to not explore more of the world. And that quote has genuinely kind of been my guiding light in so many decisions that I've made in my life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the the bazooki is hitting hard right now. Yeah, I think <laughs> the universe is infinite. Guys, okay, you can't see this, but Erin's really good at doing like this really scary, intimidating look in her eyes, and it genuinely is kind of scary. Like I forgot what it was that she said last night, but she looked at me and she said it, and I was like. I, I'm so sorry. I, I don't even... No, I'm, I take it all back. Take it all back. <laughs> Without giving too much away, um, we were talking about uh, last names uh, with um, someone that I might have a crush on. And um, I might have been... She was like, it's a cool last name. It would sound good with anything. And then I got offended and I was like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound good with this, this, or this. And she was like, I'm scared. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be so offensive so scary i was just i was like no listen but hear me out um it does sound really good though it does it does just putting that out there um so basically the other one that i had oh i wanted to circle back to the one that i wrote obviously um and give some context for that level of thinking i'm not i don't think like that all the time but my favorite like mental health influencer Gemma Styles. Um, she always is so good about being on Instagram and instead of like, you know, doing like the sharing like what she's doing, she'll put stuff on her story that she sees on other pages. And so many of them are just like about taking a step back and thinking about how even though your day wasn't like super out of the ordinary, like you're still here and like that's still something to be proud of. Like even if you just made your bed today, good job. Even if you just brushed your teeth, good job. And I just think that's so important to think about. Like, as long as you're living your life, even if there's stuff you haven't done yet, like you still have tomorrow and you still have a month from now and you still have a year from now. As long as you can like put yourself into that perspective. Now, of course, I will go on again and say, Jocelyn and myself, neither of us are mental health specialists neither of us are therapists neither of us are trained psychologists we just kind of come on this podcast and we want to bring our own experience i talked to a psychologist for my job the other day have you guys figured out what my job is yet anyway carry on (laughs) if you guys have not figured out what her job is by episode five we will tell you um on episode five just because i think it'll be a fun little game so if you're listening to this episode And you want to know before episode five comes out, which will be approximately two weeks from today. Well, a week from today, because you're you're listening to you're listening to this episode a week before episode five comes out. But in this moment that we're recording it, it's like two weeks away. 
um then you should comment because we've gotten no comments no questions no concerns so far and i get it we're still new but i really appreciate comments questions and concerns because it helps me know that i'm doing something that is appreciated um anyways so yeah like we're not we're not trained or anything we just want to bring our own experience into the chat so that you don't feel like alone in any kind of aspect of life um with that in mind that brings me on to my next little thing that I wanted to bring in for the beginning of the episode and that is this quote from Quentin Tarantino that I saw on Instagram and for those of you that might not know Quentin Tarantino is a filmmaker um he does screenwriting and directing and um Basically, I've been considering grad schools because I want to be in entertainment and I feel like there's a lot that I don't know and that maybe the best way to get into that field is to like go to school to learn more about it. And Jocelyn and I have had conversations about this. Like I could easily teach myself these things. Like I don't necessarily need to pay a fancy amount of money for someone else to teach me, um, even though that might make it a little easier. So Quentin Tarantino says in this quote that I chose for you guys, when people ask me if I went to film school, I tell them, no, I went to films, which I thought like for very few words, that was just really powerful for me. Like, I don't know if like that resonates for you as well, but I was just thinking like, I didn't go to music producing school, but I listened to a lot of music. Absolutely. Um, I almost gave my example, but then that would, like, be a major hint of what my job is. And we're going to see if you already know it from the random stuff that I've mentioned in the past episodes. But, no, I mean, I think to an extent, you know, school does teach you the foundation of everything. But it really is, I mean, what's the, it's the quote, the best writers read more than they write. Mm-hmm. They are constantly consuming more media, more content in order to then make their own content better so yeah no for a minute i was very confused by it i was like he went he went to films like like inside of films and i was like oh like he went to films to see what they were doing gotcha but i actually i have another song and this is one that aaron definitely was not able to predict because she's never heard it but it just like anytime i think of mental health this is like the song i think of it's called No One Else Is Singing My Song, and it's from the TV show on Netflix, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and so basically the entire gist of it is, like, this girl, and she's by herself, and, you know, she's singing, like, no one else is singing my song, basically saying, no one understands what I'm going through, but here's the catch. The entire company joins her in on this song, and they're all going through their own individual things, and they're all saying, like, no one else is singing my song, and I just think that's such a beautiful way to show that you are never really going alone through a situation, so... As Aaron was saying earlier, you know, like, she wanted, like, we would love you for you to, like, comment, um, leave some feedback, any questions or anything. Also, just so, like, you can get to know us better and we can get to know you better. But so that, like, you know that you're not alone with it. Um, and that's part of why we're doing this. So you know that you're not alone with it. And so no one else, if you think no one else is singing your song and if no one else is there with you, I promise you that there are people. And I think that's, like, kind of a thing for me, too. Like, it's important for me to, with, like, you know, people that I like, most of the time that's just in music, but sometimes it expands to the film industry or 
just people that I follow on Instagram that I've never met, but that like, you know, do stuff on Instagram that's really interesting is I like it when people are just honest. I also like it when they're good people. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I like when they're honest, like especially if they have done something that they're not proud of and they'll come on and be like, I'm not proud that I did this, but like I'm still learning. I'm still trying to be a better person every day. But I really like um, when people are honest, especially in regards to mental health, because it's been a thing where it hasn't been talked about enough in the media um, until recently, which we're going to talk about some like really good places it's been done in the media in the recent like couple years. But that's like kind of what draws me to Gemma is she... Um, obviously, for those of you that don't know, Gemma Ann Styles is the sister of Harry Edward Styles. Um, but she kind of just realized that, like, since all of Harry Styles' fans were, like, following her on Instagram, she was like, I'm gonna, like, use this as a place to kind of, you know, just like a place for good. And I think that's a really smart thing of thing for her to do, which makes sense. She has a uni degree. But, um... And she's a very intelligent person, which is another thing that I like about her. She's not going to come on there and say anything that's, like, not true. Because she's going to research stuff before she talks about it. Or on her podcast, which we'll plug here, it's Good Influence. If you guys want to go check that out if you're a fan of podcasts, which you must be because you're listening to ours. Hey! woo But, um, she'll do what she does with Good Influence, which I think is really interesting as well. Is she gets someone that is an expert in a certain field. Um, whether that's like some kind of activism, whether it's an actual medical doctor and they'll sit down and they'll just have a conversation about why that person does what they do, what you can do to help or what you can do to learn more about it and that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate that about her, that she's not going to come on and say something that she's not a hundred percent sure about. But also the reason I was drawn to Gemma in the first place is that Gemma is someone that has really broken the glass ceiling with talking about mental health on like a big platform such as Instagram. Um, the first thing she kind of did was she kind of dipped her toe into her struggles with anxiety and depression. And then recently, <laughs> I can tell Jocelyn is dying to like say something maybe, but um, no, I just took too big of a sip of wine and it was just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Much. I didn't like it. I couldn't tell. I was like, I was like, maybe it's the wine, but maybe you also have a thought to interject. No, <laughs> I will say, being an adult is awesome. We had ratatouille. Now we're having pizuki and wine. And wine, yeah, like girl dinner. <laughs> um, but recently, she just found out too, like within the last year or two, that she has ADHD, and she was recently diagnosed, and so she's also kind of entered the chat with that recently. Um. But yeah, I was just using her as an example because I really like when people come on and they're like, you know, they can post great things. Like she'll post when she's, you know, off in Italy or when she's, you know, doing cute stuff in London. But then she also comes on and she's like, hey, guys, I just like I wanted you to know I had a bad day today. Like my anxiety was just not it for me or I haven't posted in a while because I haven't liked the way I've looked in any pictures lately. And I think that's, like, really important because, like we mentioned in one of our episodes, was that um, 
social media is like a highlight reel. Yeah, it's a highlight reel for your life. But I think a lot of times people forget that. So Gemma comes on and she's like, the reason you're not seeing my presence online is because I'm not in a highlight period of my life. I really love that. I'm looking her up right now. (laughs) She's like, I'm actually about to follow Gemma on Instagram. And then she's going to go listen to like every episode of the Good Influence podcast. But I mean, yeah, if I look at my Instagram, like, there are definitely hiatuses, and if I look at the timestamps of when those hiatuses were, it's whenever things in my life were definitely not highlights, and I was going through some struggles, and, like, posting on social media was one of the least thing, like, concerning things to me. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you guys look at, you know, if you guys are following me on my Instagram, are we having a technical difficulty? I will literally cry. Hold on, guys. <laughs> if you can still hear me, that is. It has paused. What is happening? Oh, gosh. No, I'll literally cry if we've lost everything. <laughs> no. No, how do I fix this? <laughs> I just looked at it, though, and it was fine. I don't know. I don't have a MacBook. Oh, my God, no. Oh no, do we continue? Do we not continue? What is the what is the rule for this? Well, in the iCarly episode, they continued. Okay, so you're gonna figure it out? Maybe, I don't know. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just gonna try and continue on my thought, but if I know. I'm like, I don't want to unplug the the red thing because if we unplug the red thing, then we might lose everything we've got so Do far. Apple Macs not have an alt? How am I supposed to control alt delete all my problems away? They should have an alt. Oh, it's the command button. Well, that's not alt. Where's demand? Control. Uh, no, you've got it. Control command delete would Where's be what the, it was. Oh, wait. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm out. That's, that's the only thing I know how to do. Task manager escape i know what's wrong i don't know why we were doing so good (laughs) okay um on the off chance that it's still recording i guess we'll just continue and if if it's fucked then i guess we'll start over okay um that makes me really sad though because i really am enjoying this episode so far sounds about right this is a topic we're really passionate about because we both have definitely dealt with mental health struggles Um, I have really bad social anxiety. Um, That's probably the main one for me. Um, I don't know if you want to. Oh, I was going to say real quick, too, like, before I noticed the weird thing going on with my computer. It was, I was just going to say that if you follow me on Instagram, which you probably do because that's probably how you found out about this podcast. um, I obviously just updated, like, three life events that happened this year but like way late (laughs) and that had to do with just like having too much going on at the moment that I just didn't feel like I could take a minute to sit down and post stuff on my Instagram because whenever you're like constantly going 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 like it is it's I haven't talked in this one group chat in like two months and I love all the people in that group chat dearly and I feel horrible and I'm like well I should be like prioritizing that group chat more I want to keep those friendships I should be responding in it but then they send like 200 messages in one day and I'm like I don't know how to keep up with this I can't respond to everything I'm starting a brand new job I I I completely new to a new city like there's just so much and like I'm genuinely trying my best and I'll reach out to like friends individually and I'll still contact them but like in that group chat I've been silent 
Yeah, I kind of... Um, but I'm trying. This is a little different for me, but... Like, I have massive FOMO, but also just, like, sadness when it comes to things. And this is a good tie-in to what I wanted to connect this episode to as well. So... I have a group of friends that don't live near me uh, because I met them when I was doing my study abroad and two of them are from Europe and the rest of them live in the northeast of America. I live in the Midwest and essentially um, the ones from Europe are coming over and they're they're actually here. It's already happening, but they're hanging out in like New York and Boston and stuff and they're like, if you guys are around, come see us. If you guys want to travel to come see us do that too we can meet up and I'm literally the only one that's not gonna be there to see the two European ones or like the rest of them at some point so like that's kind of a big deal for me like I have always been the friend that's had to maybe miss out a little bit more than others which those of you that know me like you're gonna be like oh she's dragging it she goes to concerts she she goes abroad blah 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 but out of like most of my friends that I've had throughout college and stuff I have been the poor friend so I feel like when you're the poor friend like you kind of you kind of see that in comparison like if your friends don't have the same like financial issues as you or like they're just maybe you're not the poor friend but you're just like maybe not as smart with your money as the other friends you definitely notice it and you definitely like compare it and you're like oh man I'm sad because I'm not I'm the only one not there. I'm the only one not getting to experience it. And so that's been like kind of something really hard for me the last couple of weeks. Because at the beginning of the summer, I was thinking I was going to get to go hang out with them. And it turns out I'm not. Because I'm here and they're there. Um, But yeah. But that's a good segue into part of what I wanted to tie into this episode was the connection between finances and mental health. Which is not like... We've talked about a lot. It's like you money doesn't buy happiness necessarily and it doesn't solve all your problems, but it definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like you said, it doesn't buy happiness. But if you're not having to worry so much about paying your rent that month, if you're not worried about where your next meal is going to come from or if you're going to be able to afford groceries for the week, like that's going to ease your mental state a lot if you don't have that financial burden. So it's not like if you have money, you're just automatically going to be happy. And I'm pretty sure I learned in my podcast production class that the cap of how much money like actually does increase happiness is like 40,000, not 40,000, 70,000 a year. Um, So like if you're like a billionaire, I forgot numbers for a minute. If you're a billionaire, like you're not going to be any more happy than someone who's making like $70,000 a year. But if you're making like, $30,000 a year and you're like having those struggles that's gonna impact your mental health for sure yeah because like I think for me a lot of it too is I've had definitely over the course of my very short life so far two decades um I've definitely had like those days where it's like I don't know where my next meal is coming from like I definitely was the kid at school we were talking about school lunches the other day with um our favorite host brianna love you another shout out (laughs) she actually has not been able to listen to the podcast though um sad face uh hopefully someday she'll get to (laughs) but if you're finally listening brianna we're shouting out to you um but we were talking about school lunches because she's gone back to school and she's been trying to like figure out what to do about school lunch 
I was always the kid in school that like I either didn't eat or I had a negative balance of like $20, which was the cap. If they didn't have a cap, I would be negative more than that. Sometimes I was negative more than that because we had the financial bracket where we didn't make, we didn't make enough money to really like support everything you need to live on. But we also like made too much to get all of the like government aid type stuff, which is kind of where America like F's people over because they're like, oh, if your family, if your household makes $70,000, you don't need help from the government. But your household is also a family of four that has a mortgage of like, I don't even remember, like a thousand something a month plus like, you know, two car payments, insurance, other stuff. And then God forbid you have like a medical situation happen or anything and then or like a car crash or something happen and then you're like just put more and more debt because of typical life situations. Yeah. And also like we're talking about Jocelyn and I were when we mentioned 30,000 a year, we were maybe like thinking that's difficult for just one person to live on. But if it's a household that makes 70,000 combined, that means like one person is making 35 and the other person is making 35. And then they also have two children. Like, I don't know why the U.S. government would ever assume that that's like, you know, you don't need any help from them whatsoever. But it's kind of something that I watched like growing up. Like I would watch us not get, you know, some of the stuff that like I did have a I did have friends that were technically poorer than me. But it didn't seem like they were because they had more of the benefits. Like, I don't know. I definitely had this one friend that um, she kind of got like a really sweet deal because her and her mom were like living in her grandma's house and the house was like completely paid off. Her mom wasn't paying for it at all. And so they were using just her mom's income and it looked like they weren't doing so hot. But really, they were also using her grandma's income to help support themselves. And they had the free house. Free house is crazy. Somebody did pay for it. But it had been paid for. So there wasn't like a mortgage or anything. And like, that's, that doesn't, that to me just didn't feel like poor. Like, I felt like they were able to still do more stuff than I was. Because like, my family had two incomes that they had to document. So then they didn't get the free stuff. And then like you know we still had other bills as well yeah i um for the most part i was extremely privileged to not really have to worry about um bills or where the next my next meal was gonna come from uh there was one point in my life whenever i was um i think i was in like middle school or something that one of my parents was laid off and that was the first time that I really ever experienced any financial struggles and I had to quit the soccer team and I had to cut back on other extracurricular activities because we just couldn't afford it anymore so it's kind of like when you have that kind of issue where and that feeds into today like over the last couple of weeks I was getting really scared because I have to pay rent I have a car payment. I have a couple of other bills that I have to pay. And I was starting to make less money at my job. And I was like, I'm I'm effed. I shouldn't have made this decision to like pay my own rent. <laughs> that was a horrible idea. Because now I'm just going to like, you know, owe Jocelyn a bunch of money and like never pay it off, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, you guys, I got another job. 
that I should be starting next week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Kind of scared it's falling through already. No. (laughs) Which leads us into, I do want to talk about my own mental health background, but I did want to give you that background first too, because it's going to lead into what we're talking about current day. So my mental health background is from age like maybe 15, 16 to I'd say up until like 22, I had on and off battles with depression. From age maybe like nine, I had severe anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, I should say, because like Jocelyn mentioned, social anxiety, but there's there's different types of anxiety. So like you might have anxiety about some things, but you're not like a generally anxious person. Or you might just have like what really sets you off is completely different from what really sets somebody else off. So generalized anxiety disorder is the definition of anxiety that kind of falls on someone that lives with anxiety every day about everything. And it's not necessarily like everything makes me anxious. It's more like it wasn't normal that I would wake up nauseous every single day at the age of nine. It wasn't normal that I was considering plastic surgery at the age of 10 or 11 because people would talk about the fact that my ears were different or like it wasn't normal that there would be like things that I would think about as a kid or even now that most people don't ever think about ever. Like I can like talk you through a whole like string of things that could potentially happen that will never happen but you would be like, why would you even think that that would happen? It's because I have generalized anxiety disorder and I think about everything all the time, even if it's not important. Even more specifically, guys, it makes it to where I can't fall asleep very easily at night because my mind will be thinking about bills I need to pay, things I need to do, checklist, checklist, checklist. I also recently have been considering that I could possibly have ADHD or OCD. So if I were to have those things, that would make a lot of the things that I do make sense, but obviously, since I'm not a psychiatrist, I can't diagnose myself, but I would have to go get tested for those things, and I'm planning to at some point, but to give you another idea is, you know, I check three or four times that I lock the door. I check three or four times that I set my alarm in the morning. I check three or four times that I turned off the the lights. I check three or four times that I did you know, send an email or that I, or I religiously check all my email accounts because I'm like, what if someone really important needed to get a hold of me? They definitely didn't, but like in case they did. So that's a little bit of my background. Um, I could go into more detail. I won't. That's just kind of a general idea. Um, but I had seen a post on Instagram that was talking about how a lot of people aged 19 to like 32 were having difficulty paying rent all across the country. And knowing that like our group of people that this podcast is aimed at, which is like, you know, 19 to 32, because I feel like that's the general group of people that can relate to what we talk about on the Feeling 22 podcast. If a majority of people in the age range for this are not able to pay rent, so meaning if you're listening and you're not able to pay rent, that's extremely difficult and that's an outside stressor. So when we talk about mental health, a lot of a lot of things are stuff that have to be fixed from within. So like me being 
you know, sick every morning because I don't want to go to school and hear people talk about my ears. That's a me thing that I have to work on. But there's a lot of things that we would call outside stressors that weigh, <clears throat> that weigh on your mental health because there are things that you're worried about that are out of your control. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like a chemical imbalance. I'm not sure. what what Was there anything specific you wanted me to talk about? Oh, I was just going to say it's a chemical imbalance. How, I mean, there are outside stressors, but then also like chemicals are very real. And I mean, it can just completely be that your chemicals are imbalanced. And that's why you're having like you're falling into a deep depression. And again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not licensed in any way, shape or form. This is just what I know from my own experiences, from things I learned in therapy, from things that I learned talking to my friends. And I just want to say that I am glad that the mental health stigma, like stigma around talking about mental health is starting to be lifted because I do not remember having any conversations like this when we were in middle school, high school. I think it was high school whenever I first started hearing people saying like, oh, I have depression, but it was kind of like a joke, which is a horrible thing to joke about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like they would kind of say it as like, see, I have kind of a different experience because everyone in my group of friends did have bouts of depression and we didn't talk about it as a joke. It was more like, oh, I'm depressed. And it's like, well, why are you depressed? And it's like, well, if you take a step back and you think about it, at that age that mine started, because I've had it on and off depression. I've had it on and off for, you know, about six or seven years now. And it's, it isn't, it is an illness that I think people don't understand you live with for a long time. It's more like it just doesn't affect you every single day. So like, you know, sometimes your brain can get the better of you and you can be like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. But some people that have depression, like they could literally have depression their whole lives and not feel depressed every single day. But if you really take a step back and you think about outside stressors, which is what I was about to talk about, that were maybe going on at the times that my friends and I were experiencing depression, that is probably what had the biggest impact on it. Like, yes, we were probably all clinically depressed. <laughs> that, that sounds so bad. <laughs> yeah, me and like five other people were all clinically depressed. It was... It was a great time, guys. 17. Wow, 16-year-olds clinically depressed. No, that sounds like horrible. But like, if you really think about it, the outside stressors are probably what caused those bouts of depression inside of us. Like, you know, there's a lot going on in your life at that age. So when we talk about outside stressors, we talk about things that are like beyond your control in a way, but they affect your life directly. So like, um, so like for example... When we were in Chicago to see Taylor Swift, we got a ticket for being parked in the wrong place. We were told we could park there. We were told by someone who worked at the hotel that we were able to park there. And in his defense, he did think we were allowed to park there. And he tried to talk the cop out of writing the ticket. We actually were. It was more like there's like a strip in front of the hotel that you can park within. And whoever else was parked within it was not giving us enough space. So we were just a little bit outside of it, but not a lot. They wrote a ticket. Yeah. So they wrote a ticket 
And to be honest, we were having a really difficult time that whole trip. Like it was like one thing after another. We were locked out of our Airbnb. Our hotel fell through. Oh, cause that was the day. The reason that we even had to stay in this hotel was because the hotel that we had booked like months in advance said they did not have a reservation for us. Again, we were there to see the Taylor Swift concert. So as you can imagine, all the hotels were like completely booked. Yeah, so offered to let us stay in a hostel for men only. Yeah, the one of the solutions the uh, booking.com guy came up with was a male only dorm in a hostel, which as someone that has traveled abroad in Europe, I'm not against hostels. Yeah. It's just a little bit of a problem if you have to be a man to stay in the room. And we are not men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even think I would be against sharing a room with a man. It's more like it's against the rules for me to share a room with a man at this particular hospital. Hostel. Hospital. Hostel. No. Um, but, yeah. So, like, that trip was kind of taxing mental health-wise because it was, like, so many different things out of our control were happening. So, like, for that example, like... We were already kind of stressed about money because the hotel we had to switch to was one that was significantly higher in value. And then we got even more stressed about money because then we got another like ticket that was $70, by the way, in case you didn't know, $70. Um, Because the Chicago cop had a stick up her butt that day. She could not be reasoned with as, what was his name? I was going to call him Fabian. Pablo. Pablo, we love you, Pablo. Okay, and here, like, they called us letting us know that like there was someone who was checking meters and like they were saying that they were going to write a ticket and i booked it down there i was running like i i tried to bargain with this cop and she just like completely ignored me walked on and i mean i guess she was doing her job but like we were we were three-fourths of the way parked in front of the hotel i definitely think someone shat in her cereal that day (laughs) that was the only explanation (laughs) but So, like, that's what we mean when we say outside stressors, just for clarification. And, again, things we learned in therapy. So, to look at a statistic like that and know that not just... Because it's not just in, like, places like New York and L.A. And I think this is what people don't understand. Because every time I tell them I want to live in Los Angeles, they're like, it's so expensive. But do you want to know the truth, guys? In the Midwest, where we live, which has kind of been known lately... or for a while as like a low cost of living area well, our city is known as like one of the lowest cost of living places in america yeah this one and our hometown yeah they're both like known to be low cost places but all of the rent is rising to be los angeles pricing rent at that might be a bit dramatic but like for example like most two bedrooms most studios now are $800. You know, one bedrooms or studios here, they're like $800 now. Whereas like, you know, that's not too far off from how much that would be in LA. Like if you really think about it, because our minimum wage hasn't gone up. Our minimum wage is still like $7.25, $7.50. Whereas like in LA, their minimum wage is like $15 an hour. So they probably make enough money to cover that difference. But here, if you're going to charge someone 800 bucks for rent and you're only paying them maybe $10 an hour for like a 40 an hour week job that's not going to work so to know that a majority of people our age can't afford rent is kind of like a good connection to why a majority of people our age have mental health struggles well, and I think there's also such like the dividing dividing factor between generations because you know like 
I know that people say, you know, their grandparents will talk to them and be like, you know, whenever I was your age, I was living in a house, paying a full-time mortgage, had like three kids and was married and everything. And it's kind of saying it in like a condescending way because it's like, oh, like you live in like an apartment and you're 24 and you, you're you not dating anyone and things like that. Um, but like whenever you were my age, a house costs like seven raspberries. I was about to say it's almost like the – the like significance of a dollar has changed uh-huh. also to throw in a little thought you guys because i do want to have a whole episode on the service industry but to put it in perspective when we're talking about wages there has not been a raise in the average like base pay for serving since 1995 and the economy like the price of a dollar has gone down significantly since 1995 that was 28 years ago, for those of you that can't do mental math that quickly. <laughs> I can only do that because I know how long ago 1994 was, and it's only minusing one. <laughs> but It's because my brother was born in 1994 that I knew how long ago it was. Yeah, exactly. So then you can minus one and you get to like 1994, 1995, it's 28 years ago. So that was like, and also when I was told this, it went up from like 195 an hour base pay to like 213 base pay so it hasn't changed in 28 years but the amount of like and the amount suggested for tipping hasn't even changed like they've just now started to suggest that you tip 18 to 22 but it used to always be 15 to 20 and even when you suggest it like people aren't always going to tip that much so if you're making like 213 an hour where you might make like maybe 50 bucks and tip that day, depending on where you work, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's just not like it's just, it's literally just not guys. And that's why you have to tip your servers because they're making two thirteen an hour. Most likely. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. I've never worked in the service industry. I've only done retail and um, like my career. So I, I, I don't have much information on the service industry, but yeah, tip your servers. And if you're on a date with someone and they don't, red flag, red flag and run. She definitely just got that, the like eyes that I get when I was talking about the last name thing. <laughs> but yeah, so, so like money does not buy happiness and money does not solve all your problems. But whoever invented those phrases must not have had enough money to solve their problems because if you do have money it does make your life significantly easier also say like you do have like severe anxiety or something or like severe depression or ocd or some other um mental health oh my gosh i got the hiccups Mm, never mind not talking you were gonna say yeah if you have like anxiety Mm -hmm. and you have money right then you can afford yeah you can afford to get help Therapist. <laughs> or if you have money you can afford insurance and or the price of medicine yeah. but if those things are too hard for you guys you can always just move to europe where you don't have to pay for things like insurance and the price of medicine because it's just free option. <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's a joke because you also have to have money to move to europe yeah. but i'm just pointing it out america you could marry rich or you could marry someone that lives in europe and then or you, could, you mar- could be the rich one I plan to be the rich one sometimes, but also I think it's hard. 
it you know what the best dating advice i will give you guys is to look for someone that lives in europe because <laughs> because that's where it is that's where on your hinge search that's what we're learning in our mental health episode yeah like change your get get express vpn and change your location to somewhere else yeah. change your like um internet id or whatever they call it to europe and then shop shop the people over there (laughs) we're joking um but obviously this really is a very serious issue i remember i was i have a very vivid memory for some reason whenever we were in fourth grade and we had to take the oklahoma core curriculum test and i like whenever you're in fourth grade taking the test that's the one that middle schools look at whenever they decide whether to admit you or not so i had this just menti b i guess mental breakdown the night before that test and i was just telling my mom like she was like why are you freaking out about this so much and i was like because if i don't do good on this test and i'm not going to get into a good middle school and if i don't get into a good middle school i'm not going to get into a good high school and if i don't get into a good high school i'm not going to get into a good college and if i don't get into a college and i'm not going to get a job and i'm not going to have a good life and i was eight maybe nine maybe ten i don't know what ages i was i was definitely ten or younger and like i was already having that severe anxiety and like um anxiety inducing thoughts at that age and i mean it's only gotten as i got older i mean it only got more severe as i started to learn more about the world i started to have essentially panic attacks about going to school in general because i was scared to go to school because unfortunately that is a reality that we have here in america um But I mean, and just, I remember like I'd be in third grade, um, wanting to, I would be done with my assignment. And do you guys know how like in classrooms there would be like the library reading nook and everything? I would have anxiety about getting up out of my chair and going to get a book out of that library reading nook. Cause I was like, what, what if like, I'm not supposed to, what if people think it's weird? Same thing with blowing my nose, sharpening a pencil, like very typical things that people do. And I would just like, my palms would get sweaty. My heart would race. I like, I could not let myself do it. Cause I'm like, no, they're going to judge me. They're going to judge me if I sharpen my pencil, which sounds so ridiculous. But in my mind, like that is such a severe thought. I'm not a therapist, but that's definitely generalized anxiety disorder. <laughs> you were like, I have social anxiety. No, that's general. No, no, no. I have social anxiety too. I have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder by my therapist whenever I was in therapy. Okay, so I actually wanted to touch on that because she brought up the being in, like, fourth grade. Um, <laughs> I feel like me saying that makes her know where this is going. But simply, I was just going to say that society does, like, do things to, like, make a bad impression on you. Bad influence. Society has a bad influence on you from, like, a really young age. So, like, if you think about an eight-year-old, like, their minds are so easily shaped, like, like being eight like you're so impressionable and so when things happen at that age it has a lasting impact on you which um i will give you an example from around the same time period for me i have really bad issues with um dating and love because i had a crush on someone around that time period and they called me a name that i could that I was not allowed to say at home um, when I was younger and that had a lasting impact on me because they they kind of like chased me down in front of all of our friends and like made a big show of it and like you know I already had generalized anxiety disorder at that point because of 
my ears and because of just it's just a natural thing like it's just already there it's just it doesn't show itself until like stuff happens to make it show itself and so that happened and now I'm afraid to love anyone ever (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't just that like it was like I definitely had like four or five other examples where it went wrong like to some extreme like that but that was the first one like that was my first real crush like and I didn't even tell him I'm not even the one that told him I had a crush on him it was somebody else and it went like that well and my thing is I just thought feelings were incredibly embarrassing for the longest time I mean it was just something that my family never really talked about and so like anytime I had a crush or anything like I refused to talk about I was the friend who everyone would be like who's your camp crush who's your who's like your school crush you know just going around having having a little bit of girl talk at the sleepovers talking about crushes and be like no I don't like anyone I I hate everyone up actually like everyone I despise them because I was embarrassed to be like you know like so-and-so is kind of cute or something because I thought it was so embarrassing and then I I think honestly low-key because of like your experience because of your experience I was like I was there. I was just playing on the jungle gym with um, one of our really good friends. Like we were completely out of the scenario at all. And it, it was a giant scene. It was like the tea of the day in our elementary school. Because yeah. like what, ha- what ha- happened was <laughs> I had come running from like the other area of the playground and I was just trying to get as far away as possible from, you know, him finding me and saying things or like, you know, confronting me. And I tripped and I fell <laughs> and I fell in front of her and like the other good friend that she mentioned and like two other people and they were like, oh my God, are you okay? And then him and his swarm of friends, <laughs> him and his like swarm of friends, which <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be so real. It was maybe 10 people total, but like, it feels like it was like him and like every other guy in our grade. That's, and- more, like, that's more people than would go to like the recess weddings. Like, that was a good crowd. Yeah, because the the boys didn't care about the recess weddings. They didn't like women. They were misogynist at 10. No, no, no. They they all, like, swarmed over. They had been, like, playing on the, like, soccer field. Oh, the football field, as uh, uh, anyone besides Americans would call it. Oh, the football pitch. Sorry, my apologies. They were playing on the football pitch uh, or the soccer field, depending on where you're listening from. And, um... They came, but I remember because I ran, but I don't think that they ran. I think they were walking like slowly. Like I picture it like Greece and I don't know why. No, no, I picture it. I picture it like Greece, like Danny Zuko and his friends like coming over like, yo, I, I heard what you said about me, Sandy. Like, what was that about? Do you know what that is? Name called. No, but that literally. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I was like terrified that if I said I liked someone like they were immediately going to go and tell that person because yeah it's happened to Aaron like five times <laughs> it's not funny <laughs> but it's funny now After a while, it's funny. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time somebody <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time somebody told someone I had feelings for them and they didn't feel the same way I'd have like five nickels which isn't a lot but it's weird that it's happened so much and so, yeah, I would just keep my feelings completely silent um, because I didn't want them to know. I thought it was completely embarrassing if they knew. And now I'm like, no, it's totally normal. And that, that was something that 
uh, my therapist had to like really talk to me about because I was kind of explaining everything. I'm like, it's weird. And she's like, it's not weird to want human connection. And that's not even just like with romantic relationships. I mean, I was also nervous to tell my friends like I was very hesitant to be like, oh, my gosh, like I love you. I, I still am. I don't like to just like tell my friends I love you all the time, even though I do love them. Um, and I don't know why it's just like something in my heart, brain, mind, soul. I don't know. Um, that like catches it in my throat and just won't let me say it, but it's something I'm working on. Aaron, I love you. (laughs) Was that embarrassing? I'm completely embarrassed now. Well, and yeah, I just like, I, I think emotion. I used to think emotions embarrassing and I still do sometimes think that it's embarrassing. It's not, but like my brain's like, this is embarrassing and it's not. So I wanted to tangent on the, like, I love you thing. So I think mine might've been connected to all my bad experiences, (laughs) but somewhere when I got to be like a teenager, I stopped being able to physically say it like to my family. I think I, I could say it to my friends. Like I'd be like, love you, whatever. But I physically was a, I basically could not do it anymore with my family. I'm getting better now, but I don't know what it was, but I think it definitely had to do with the, like, <laughs> the, the Danny Zuko scene. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, like, I was not able to say it anymore after a while. And, like, um, that was something I really had to work on. And I've gotten better now. But I think it's interesting that you were, like, I mean, your thought process on that. Your thought process. Uh, bleh, I cannot speak today, guys. I was just going to say your thought process on it is a lot different than mine. But it's still kind of the same ideas. Well, and like, I literally never did not know that we had that thing in common. So no one else is singing my song. Seriously, seriously. Pull it up on YouTube immediately and listen to it. It is so good. And then just watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It is this beautiful show about mental health. And it's it's just perfect in every single way. I love it. Um, I also was going to say that I should definitely make that an SNL skit where it's like 10 year olds, but dressed up as Grease characters. <laughs> and they're like, no. yo, <laughs> doing the little snaps with their fingers. And they're like, yo. <laughs> yeah. And they like, they pull out the little candy cigarettes that we used to have as kids. And they're like, suck Smarties. on them. Like, they pull out Smarties. Oh, but see, no, I'm thinking of the ones that were actually like pack. They looked like a pack of cigarettes, but they were just sticks of sugar. Do you remember I do remember people smoking Smarties, but I was just thinking it'd be like funny if they just like, they just had like the little fake cigarette and they're like, yo, that's crazy. She, she says she got crush on me, man. (laughs) I don't know why I picture it like that, but I definitely want to, I definitely want to make that a thing. An SNL skit. Um, Lauren Michaels, if you're listening, hit me up. I would love to be a writer on the show. (laughs) I didn't know if you had a thought or not. Um, Yeah. Well, so, yeah, basically, guys, the idea is just that, like, mental health struggles, whether it's you have a diagnosed condition and something that you live with every day, or if it's just, like, one day where something's going so wrong, like, you just literally can't, even if you don't have, like, diagnosed depression or diagnosed anxiety, if you're just having, like, a bad day, like, I promise you that one of us has at least gone through the exact same thing (laughs) because I've gone through a lot of weird shit in my life. (laughs) So even if you don't think that anyone could have possibly had the exact same thing happen to you, I promise you that someone has. Well, and also going on that, you know, 
like i promise you someone else has like she said one of us likely has but you're like friends are in your life for a reason your family members are in your life for a reason and this is totally something that you like should feel completely comfortable to be able to go to them and talk about and being like hey like i've i don't really know how to like bring this up or but i've just been feeling this way recently or like i've felt like this for years and i don't know why and i just i think i'm ready to like share it with someone and if they're really your friend then they will open like open the conversation not open run to the conversation with open arms i don't mean run but my brain yeah they'll accept it they'll be there for you they'll they'll help you out through it and i mean and then you know it's a two-way street they can then share with you and you can be there for them and it's not anything that you should feel like you have to fight on your own and it's not something that you should feel embarrassed about please do not feel embarrassed if you're like struggling with anything mental health wise at all because you're not alone So <clears throat> one last thing I wanted to touch on. I don't know how far we are on time because we've changed how we've recorded. I have a feeling we're probably pretty far on time. Yeah, this might but, not actually even be recording. Yeah. Also, we're not even sure if this is recording, which really sucks because I feel like it's been a really good episode. Um, but the other thing I wanted to touch on was that media has gotten a lot better about portraying mental health and talking about mental health. Um I don't remember, like, growing up, I don't really remember, like, a lot of it in shows. Like, I don't remember shows talking about it too much. Even my favorite shows, like, New Girl doesn't really have a lot of mental health type things. Well, talked about it a little bit with eating disorders, but... Yeah, that's true. I... Yeah, and you know what? Um, SVU had some touches on eating disorders, but which... But definitely wasn't, like, prevalent. But to be fair, like, specials special victims unit does talk about a lot of traumatic stuff so i mean that would make more sense but then like maybe comedies but a couple things that we've noticed is that that has gotten better one really good example is ted lasso um jason sudeikis decided to not only create this silly goofy little tv show that's so cute and funny but he also decided to give his main character a struggle with panic attacks and anxiety disorder because the main character is going through a lot of life changes and a lot of like stressful life events while also managing to stay this like charming cheeky happy little guy so he brings you into those darker moments and it's kind of nice because his idea with it is like that they don't talk about mental health in sports um because of toxic masculinity so he's trying to break the glass ceiling with that and like open those conversations and not only like football what americans call soccer but also like hopefully with like american football as well and maybe baseball and other sports that are kind of like toxic masculinity sports um but also it's just good to have like representation of panic attacks on tv and you know representations of how to cope with them how to come down from them like on ted lasso specifically he has a therapist and the therapist actually says on screen what breathing exercises he's supposed to use. And the other example is we were watching The Summer I Turned Pretty. Um, we will disclose that it's not as much fun if you're not watching with someone else and giving commentary because <laughs> um, it's not like the best show ever written. But they do have a character on there that was struggling with panic attacks and Jocelyn had pointed it out that she liked how serious it was being taken. 
Yeah. Um, we watched this episode a while ago, so I don't really, really remember exactly what I said, but I think it was just that I remember that whenever I was in middle school and say someone mentioned like they were having a panic attack or something like the teacher would say, okay, go out in the hallway. Like they would send them out in the hallway. They would have them deal with it on themselves by themselves. I think it was almost like they didn't actually believe them. Like, oh my God, like you're making it up. You're bringing a disturbance to the class. And it was Conrad and he was on the boat, I believe, having a panic attack because his mm, spoiler alert, mom's cancer um, had come back and he had figured that out. And the not captain because he's an author, but the person who he was like kind of teaching sailing lessons to because oh my gosh what's his name it starts with a c it's not important anyway um he was like oh my gosh and he like kind of you know sat down with him he looked him in the eyes he was leading him through a breathing exercise like he was taking it very seriously and then whenever conrad had more panic attacks throughout the series like whoever was with him was like taking it very seriously it wasn't like ah like come on shake it off man um like toughen up be a man i'm so sorry i just hit aaron's guitar case toughen up be a man sorry downstairs neighbors um and so i just thought that that was really really beautiful and i mean i'm trying to think of you know previous media that i've watched that maybe didn't do the best job at representing mental health and the main thing that is popping out to me is gilmore girls don't don't get me wrong i love gilmore girls but Rory Gilmore is like the picture of a burnt out student. And I think they kind of touch it a little bit whenever she, again, spoiler alert, drops out of Yale and, you know, she takes the year hiatus and she's working kind of for her grandmother's club, the DAR. But they could have done so much more with that and kind of gotten down to what the problem was that she was burnt out from a young age that Aaron has an idea. I saw the light bulb physically appear over her head. This is a tangent and I'm going to quote. Uh, Taylor, but switch it up. I will do anything to talk about Gemma Styles. Anything. Um, basically, uh, we're talking about a fictional character when we talk about Roy Gilmore dropping out of school. But actually, that's a that's another thing that draws me to Gemma is she's like the brains of her family. So she's always had like the higher GPA, and you know the good grades, the you know academic drive. Well. So when she was at uni, she had a period where it was not going well. And so she actually like took a semester off to try and figure it out. Like it was not working for her mental health, which is actually something that occurs to everyone at university. I would like to say not everyone, not everyone has the balls to like take a step back and like not take courses for a while. My brother did it. My brother did it. It was definitely the best thing he could have done. I ended up transferring to a different college and changing my major completely, which is something that I never thought I would have done whenever I was 18. Like I was so set on what I wanted to do. And then whenever I got there, it just, it didn't feel right. I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel challenged. And I I wanted to do something else. And honestly, the Rory Gilmore thing did kind of help me through that because I was like, I mean, it's okay. And I think, again, they could have gone more into it deeper and um, kind of looked at the root of what the problem was and everything. But I was like, it's okay. My college experience doesn't have to look the same as everybody else's, what they teach us um, in in high school, what it looks like. And hardly anyone's college experience looks that way, where you know exactly what you're going to major in, that you stick with that major, that you stay at the same college for four years, that you graduate in four years. I just want to say that everybody, there's not one path to follow. Everybody's um, path is extremely different and that's okay. And it's honestly beautiful. But yeah, so like when we're, I'll tangent on that with my original tangent, I'll like keep going, I'll like expand on it. So she did that little break and was like really stressed out about it, whatever. 
I wasn't actually, you know, following her story at the time that that was going on. And she didn't talk about it at the time it was going on. But she's come out afterwards and talked about it, which I think is, like, really important. Um, And besides her just, like, besides her just coming out and being, like, I actually did have a really difficult time at uni. And there was a minute where I wasn't sure I was going to finish. She then is also, like, but I did persevere. I did finish on time because I did the math. She finished on time despite having a semester off, which is kind of interesting. Um... She's also gone on and had, like, three or four different, like, career changes. Like, I, if I remember correctly, she was a teacher. That's what she did right out of school. That's what she was going to do was teach. She had a classroom. She was Miss Styles for a bit, which is so cute to think about, like, little children, like, coming into her classroom. Um, Miss Styles. Right. Oh, yeah, because they would be British, wouldn't they? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so they'd be like, oh, my God, Miss Styles. But they'd also be children, so they wouldn't talk like us, yeah? Anyways, um, I'm getting distracted by Britishness. Um, <laughs> which happens a lot, as everyone knows, or no, or no one knows. I love British people. Um, but yeah, so she was a teacher, and then she switched, and she did, like, writing and freelance writing for a while. She might still kind of do that, but I haven't, like, seen any pieces published in a long time. Um, so I think now she just kind of focuses on like the social media aspect and she works with like activism stuff and like companies that do good things. Um, like right now she has a partnership with Choose Love where she designed a necklace and Choose Love, if you're not familiar, they are a company that, um, donates money to refugee type stuff. And so, yeah, like now she just does a lot of like good influence type of stuff and she has her podcast and like she just kind of figured it out over time and she didn't really get to where she is right now until she was closer to 30 so I think that's like a good example like you know not only did she have a difficult time at uni but then she also had like two or three different career changes outside of uni yeah because you can you can change your mind you are able to change career paths and I mean that's honestly I remember this is so random I remember one Thanksgiving it was the Thanksgiving whenever I decided that I wanted to transfer colleges and it was kind of a big problem with my family because some people were like oh but you wanted to do the other thing for so long and so they you know we were doing the typical what are you grateful for and I said I'm grateful for the chance to pursue new opportunities for the chance to start over and I'm I'm recognized that that is a privilege, that it was a privilege for me to be able to take a step back and look at everything and reevaluate and pursue a different career path and go to a different college. But it was like something that I was extremely grateful for, the chance to be able to pursue different opportunities and start over. Yeah. So, yeah. So kind of in summation then, just like, remember, you're not the only one going through it. Remember that any thought you have that you think is like the end all be all it's okay it will be okay just like let yourself feel it let yourself think about the pros and the cons of any decision you might want to make and know that like it's literally okay to start over it's okay to also like take time and not do anything if you feel like laying in bed all day lay in bed all day that's perfectly fine if you feel like you know you need to scream and punch things just don't punch people punch pillows or something but you know do that too but yeah so that's kind of all I had for the episode was just like talking about mental health in a general sense 
I think instead of naming something that we can't live without in our 20s for this, we should end with like five things that we do to, you know, for self-care or to make ourselves feel better, more clear mind, things like that. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I feel like since it's your idea, you might have yours already. I don't, but okay, let's go. I know what I do. Okay. So recently, um, I've gotten into running specifically. Um, it was kind of something that I always told myself that I couldn't do that. I wasn't like good enough to do. And I just was like, whatever, I'm going to try it. And, you know, two weeks ago I could not run even half a mile for the, the other day I ran a full mile mire. Oh my gosh. I ran a full mile nonstop. And I mean, but that doesn't even matter. It's just the idea of, like I said, I have bad anxiety. And for some reason, whenever I'm running and I'm struggling to catch my breath, like the only thing I can think of is keep breathing, keep going. You can do this. Um, thank you for showing up for me today. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of my, like my body. I love you. I'm saying like positive affirmations to myself and I'm not thinking about like the million of other, other things that typically are going on in my brain. Um, I also really love to journal. I think putting a pen to pencil, whether it's journaling in the typical way of, you know, just like writing down whatever you're thinking of, or I think it could be, you know, writing a poem, writing a song type thing, something that kind of like just reflects how you're feeling something too that helps me find clarity this one really annoys me that it helps me but cleaning my room doing chores I find that whenever I have a cleaner space I have a cleaner mind and third grade me would be so disappointed in me but yeah um let's see what else yeah but like third grade me hated cleaning like I was a jerk yeah that's that's true that's true but like now like cleaning, um, especially if it's like if I'm using like my cleaner, that's my lavender bergamot cleaner. Like that makes me feel so happy. Um, and it's just little things I think that really like kind of knowing what sparks joy, what you like. I also really love to have a creative outlet. So whether that's, you know, singing while playing the piano or attempting to crochet, doing something, um, just things like that to kind of get me out of my brain, do things that are very much in the moment and just I don't know slow down so I'm a very music oriented person so I think some of my things will be like music related but for starters I'm gonna steal one from a book and I think something you can do if you're feeling like because I think a lot of it too depends on what's putting you in a certain mood so like I know I get kind of down and out when I think about the state of the world <laughs> and how freaking horrible this country is right now um, and how none of the candidates for the next election look very good. So, um, yeah. But without getting too political, um, I think my favorite thing is the, like, very last scene ever in The Hunger Games where Katniss is talking to her child and she's, like, talking about how she gets through nightmares. And she's like, I make a list in my head of all the good things I've seen a person do. And I think that's kind of a good thing. Like when you start to feel like really bad about, you know, like there's a lot of really bad things going on in the world right now. Like there's, you know, the, the fires in Hawaii, mass shootings, hate crimes, bad things that aren't meant for this podcast because this is a happy podcast. But you could think about all the good things you've seen a person do. So like, for example, like a lot of mine are relating to some of the same people, but I think about like stuff that I've seen people I 
know personally do but then I also think about like bigger things like when I hear stories like when Ed Sheeran talked about a time that Harry Styles went and bought like a thousand dollars worth of pizza and drove around LA giving it to homeless people that's lovely and you know it makes you have a little bit of faith in where the world is going so that would be a thing that would end up on my list so that's one thing you could do to try and cope with stuff that's out of your control another thing that I like to suggest is I'm music oriented as you know since I just used Ed Sheeran and Harry Styles in the same sentence um but I like to curate songs to my mood so if I'm like if I don't want to be in a like sad place like if I'm not feeling so great about myself then I turn on that playlist that we talked about last week or if I do want to be in a sad mood and I just want to like let those feelings out because sometimes that's the only way to make you feel better is to just really cry for like a long time about whatever's making you sad it's cathartic so like you know I have like a curated playlist specifically to one particular thing that was a very specific thing that made me really sad and I listen to that now like when I'm sad about things that aren't quite the exact same thing but it just like it immerses you in this world like I curated it to the specific situation and then if you get immersed in that situation again you just you can cry to the songs they really put you in that mood and then you know so I think however your brain works like curate the music to you obviously if you if you feel sad and you think listening to happy music makes you feel better do that if you feel like listening to sad music is better than listen to sad music um another thing is I I also get the the cleaning thing I do that like sometimes I just can't like if I'm since I'm anxiety driven I'll have to you know clean up a bit if it's too messy um I'm trying to think of more I feel like five is kind of a large number yeah Yeah, um but I want to give like a better one I like to I like to do comfort stuff so if I'm like not feeling great no matter what kind of great that is whether that's super anxious or super sad or just like not a hundred percent even it doesn't have to be super it could just be like one or the other like mild mid um I like to watch stuff that I know like the back of my hand like um one example is new girl we watched and she was like the other day she was Jocelyn was like turn on uh, your comfort episode of new girl and I knew exactly which one to tell her I was like quick hardening cock and she's like what episode is that and I was like season two close to the end and then as we were watching it she probably saw that I was like quoting every single line verbatim (laughs) she said it was impressive if it didn't catch up on the mic the other thing that I do um and you can you can choose your own thing like obviously you don't have to love new girl the way I do and you don't have to love what I'm about to mention because I'm gonna out myself but it will make a lot of things make sense if they haven't up to this point something that got me through the last few years of high school was becoming a fan of One Direction and that's still kind of my comfort thing like even if stuff going on in like their lives stresses me out sometimes because the way my anxiety works is like I can get stressed out by things that aren't affecting me so like one thing is you know I don't like large crowds so one example is like Taylor Swift got you know her location was found out when she was at Jack Antonoff's wedding the other day 
and there was like a huge mob of people that stresses me out i'm not her but that just thinking about her being in that situation stresses me out so even though i don't always feel like super great about everything happening in these people that are my comfort people's personal lives i still will like go on and like pull up like interviews and music videos and it just like feels like a weighted blanket almost which is another good thing you could try weighted blankets they do work they feel like a hug um but yeah you don't have to pick my show or my uh group of comfort people but um one direction like listening to their music too also works but most of the time it's just like watching my favorite interviews like ones I can quote really well just like it was a thing where when I was in high school and I first started getting into them that was kind of when my depression was hitting and it was something that I could kind of like put myself into that didn't make me feel like it was one of the things in my life that didn't make me feel what the depression felt like it made me feel something different and I think that's why they're so special to me I don't know if we have any more thoughts. Um, I think it's, oh, sorry. I think it's, yeah, I mean, those were kind of some things that help us, but it's really just, you know, getting to know yourself and getting to know what you like, what sparks you joy, what you find fun. And, you know, as you get older, what you find fun will likely change and you're just always going to be um, rediscovering yourself and, yeah, so um, I believe that is the end of this episode talking about mental health. Yep, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this recorded. <laughs> we will, we're about to find out if we have to redo it. <laughs> and we'll let you know when we post it, <laughs> if we had to redo it. Or like if we have to re-record it, we'll be like, this is the second time we've recorded it. Anyways, um, either way. Thanks for coming back. Hope you're still enjoying it. Um, this was my favorite episode, so I hope it got it all. And I hope that this will be the episode that inspires you to comment, question, concern. <laughs> Please do it. Yeah, let us know what um, some things that you do to help clear your mind are whenever you're having like a really stressful day or you're just feeling kind of down in the dumps are. Alrighty. Thanks for coming back to the podcast, guys. Bye. We'll see you next week. Hi, it's Erin. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you liked it, please feel free to rate and review the podcast. If you really liked it, also feel free to leave a comment, question, or concern for a future episode. We'll see you next week on a brand new episode. Bye!